This podcast is brought to you by Dropbox. Dropbox helps harness creative energy, fueling your team's big ideas. Creative energy is the power to problem solve, to think in new ways, to discover, and to innovate. It's a precious resource that we all have, unleashed when we find focus and flow. The world needs your creative energy, so Dropbox is here to keep it flowing. Learn more at dropbox.com slash creative energy. Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And we are as we are joined by a special guest. We've heard, you've heard him here before. You'll probably hear him here again. Uh, it's the one and only Steve Green uh, joining us today. Hi, Steve. Hello, beautiful people listening and in this room. Yes, and you can you can be found on Twitter at Steve Bruin. Steve Bruin on the Twitters. That is me. That is you. And uh, Steve is here because Steve came to our rescue. You didn't even really come to our rescue. You kind of like pre, you know, precognitively understood that we would have a problem this <laughs> afternoon, which is what, as always, the question of what we podcast about. And you Steve ha- understands the process. Steve understands the process because he's borne witness to it many times. Um, and he preemptively uh, came up with a really cool idea for a, a topic, which uh, I it's basically a game. We're going to play a game today, which I'm mm-hmm. excited about. And Who doesn't love games? Who doesn't love games? Um, and Steve, why don't you go ahead and explain uh, what, the ga- the, what the game is and what the rules are? Sure. Uh, you know, they say in sports that flags fly forever. <laughs> well, they the, do. The same is true in TV criticism. Uh, reviews live on long after they've been published. <laughs> and I believe I have broken Ben Travers, and that was oh. my goal. Ah, that was well done. Uh, yes. So this is what happens when you prepare for podcasts. <laughs> we need to actually take a lesson from our guests and, and do a little do a little prep work. Yeah. Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that in mind, I came up with a game that I am tentatively titling "What Did You Give It," uh, in which I will go through the collected works of both Liz Shannon Miller and Ben Travers, particularly in their realm of TV criticism, and picking out reviews from a few years back to see if A, they can recognize the headlines of the reviews that they've written, and B, if they can remember the letter grade they gave to said shows. Now, for context, it's worth remembering that Ben and I have been working here at IndieWire for four years now. And if you consider that we publish, on average, an article every day, um, this is a terrifying game. Oh, yeah. I don't expect to do well at all. (laughs) I'm also very, very wary of the history that's about to be dredged up into the present. We were... I'd prefer it to stay where it was. These were the early days. We were very young. That's that's what we're going with. I think at one point I gave Game of Thrones like a B minus, and I am ashamed of that. <laughs> the, the tiny mercy that comes with this game is that I won't actually read from any of these reviews. Oh, that's that's a good thing. That is nice. So I, I figured that might be a bridge too far. But if, yeah. we're, just, if we're just sticking to headlines and letter grades, I, I thought that might be a little more manageable. Yeah. No, it should be fun. Hopefully the, the viewers at home won't be able to Google search these either. They'll be so buried in the past that they'll be <laughs> virtually undiscoverable. Well, let's test out that theory, yeah, uh, right. if you guys are willing to start. Sure. Uh, I figured we'd start off with the only one of these that I gathered that was from a show that I do not have any rem- any memory of. Oh, so, oh this will be fun. So let's see. Uh, so we'll start off with Ben. Uh, this particular review, the headline for this read, blank, isn't the Walking Dead parody we need, but it's the one we deserve right now. Uh, this is Z Nation. Z Nation. Yeah. What? Liz, what was the show? Z Nation is, I, I I think this show might still be on the air. Um, like, I feel like this show might have had a, might have had it released a season last fall. Uh, but Z Nation was a, it ran on sci-fi. It was a sci-fi original series. I think it was produced, it wasn't, I think it was produced by the Asylum, the same company that does Sharknado and so forth. And yeah, it was basically like kind of, it was kind of like The Walking Dead, but it was funnier. And it had a gag with a zombie baby. I remember you citing that in the pilot that I remember you were like, that's great. Like that's a, that's, that's, that was kind of ballsy or something. I don't know. What was your? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You are correct though. I just checked it. It has a fifth season on the way in 2018. So uh, this show survived 
much like zombies, unpredictably yeah. so. I, I do not mean to denigrate the fine uh, team at Sci-Fi for the original programming, which does include Channel Zero, a show that I, I do really appreciate. Uh, and I was a fan of the early episodes of Krypton, too. So, so yeah. I don't don't take that as I do not care what Sci-Fi does. Well, There's I think too sci- much TV, guys. Yeah, and Sci-Fi is, in particular does... It, like does keep like shows around that just kind of on the load on the lowdown for quite some time. Like there's a lot of under the radar stuff that I love that they have. A lot of stuff just simmering. Just lots of simmering. Simmering. But I guess the question now is, Ben, what did you grade it? Oh God, I'm gonna guess that I. What'd you give it, Ben? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, um, I'm gonna go B minus. Ooh. Okay. All right. So maybe time has has made you more forgiving of Z Nation because at the time you gave it a C. Great! Oh! <laughs> See, I was gonna I was gonna say that I thought I... My recollection of the show is that I was disappointed in it, but I feel like I was a little more lenient in my grading back then, so I didn't know if I'd have... if I would have been ready to go C, but I'm glad I did. Um, I was just... I was just thinking that... Uh, and sorry, by the way, to, to take over your hosting. No, um, no, 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 please. Um, but I... Uh, I was I was a little th- I was thinking in my head like oh uh, we have a debate back and forth sometimes here in the office about how often we hand out the grade B and I was thinking that this was going to be like your your subtle way of pointing out how often Ben and I have given out gr- <laughs> B grades over the years. Oh, that <laughs> only chose reviews where we gave them Bs and it was highly questionable. Yeah, uh, that, that would have been next level diabolical. Sadly, I did not. Good. I did no. not. I did not think of that. No, it's good though. I, I I like I like I like that that's not an element of this because now the the game is actually afoot. Great. Okay. Well, speaking of the game being afoot, uh, right. Liz, it's time for your first uh, blank sales with strong premise. Comma, but lack of ambition. Oh dear God! There is a hint in there. Sales. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's on a ship. I don't like ships that much. Maybe it's not just only on a ship. Oh Lord. Sales. Well, I didn't. I've never reviewed black sales. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And I don't know if that would have made sense. No. Yeah, I don't think you. you can can I hear it again, please? Okay. Uh, blank. Sales with strong and amb- strong premise, comma, but lack of ambition. And think of the title of the show working actually pretty well within that sentence. It is on a cable network. Would it be in, would it be Ascension? No. Oh. Although although I do I do like that guess. Deep pull. Yeah. Deep, yeah, very deep. I pole. didn't really like this one. This one, if you watched any uh, sporting events, particularly basketball, oh, over the last couple of years, you are probably more familiar with the show. Oh, the last ship! The last ship! Yes. <laughs> God, yes, that was indeed. one of the. That was one of the very first reviews I ever wrote mm-hmm. for IndieWire. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, thank you, thank you for that clue. That was. I was like, you started off that clue, and I was like, that's not going to help me at all. And then you got to the end of it. I was like, yeah, Turner. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, Turner, Turner, that's a good old Turner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The TNT show, The Last Ship, which, uh, do you want to give a quick, like, two-sentence overview of what that show is for uh, anyone who might not know? It's yeah. steamy. Takes to the high seas. <laughs> There's a contagion on Earth or something, and, and battles. But it's no battleship, because that's a great film. <laughs> it was, in fact, no battleship. Yeah. No Jesse Plemons be found when when adam baldwin okay, is your jesse okay. Clemens, you're not doing great now the question is to what extent was it not doing great liz Ooh. liz liz what did you give it oh god i i probably i think i'm gonna go c plus so close oh, so close b- it minus? was a b minus yes <laughs> why did you know that i just know you, you just, just sensed it you I just, just sensed it you could t- you you know my hesitance to go below a b minus I do, yeah. And I know that you you are, um, you enjoy a good premise, right? Like you enjoy potential, um, whether or not it is like fully fulfilled. If it's there, especially early, like when a show just begins, and you're like, well, they might be able to figure this out, then you know you're you're ready for that. You're you're up for that. Mm-hmm. That's a good start. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if you can continue that for another one of yours, Ben. No. Blank offers the perfect acting pair, if not premise, in a promising premiere. <laughs> oh my god. Alliteration galore. I hate you so much. The question is, what show was this for? Okay, I want to hear it again. 
Blank offers the perfect acting pair, if not premise, in a promising premiere. Okay. So it's like a first episode. Mm-hmm. It's like one episode review. A one episode review. So probably broadcast. Good, good two people. I will. I will confirm that it was indeed a broadcast show. Ooh, I'm not gonna get this. Um, I bet it was canceled. Oh, I bet I. I. I, I have a guess. I, I. Liz, I have a feeling I'm you gonna probably pass to do Liz, know because I is. don't know it at all. Liz. I'm gonna guess A to Z. Ooh. Oh. It's no. in that. It, it's your your. Oh no. Uh. Well, in that case, I. I have. If I'm just gonna fling guesses around, okay, fling marry me. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. That is accurate, uh, right? <laughs> right. Still, uh, no forgiveness for the alliteration, but <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would make more sense if it was like Perry P. It, like if, it was, if the title was uh, was two P's, and yeah. then you went the whole, you went, you know, <laughs> just said screw it, we're gonna. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah. We're but, going all out with this one. I mean, for a, ri- a while. I mean, up until probably yesterday, uh, the only thing I thought people might find interesting about my writing was how often I could alliterate sentences. So uh, I just went whole hog. What about and, your puns? Uh, I mean, I'm not as good as them as Han. Han well, no is the one is master. as good at puns as Han. We're not debating that. That's why that. I don't consider myself that interesting okay. uh, for the puns. But, uh, ugh. So, Ben, uh, this, this vehicle for Ken Marino and Casey Wilson, uh, what, Ben... What did you give it? This is tough because this this show did hurt me greatly. Um, he, well, was I was just so disappointed. Creator of happy endings. Exactly. We had such high hopes. And I love Ken Marino and I love Casey Wilson. And actually the rest of the cast is pretty strong too. But um, again, I think. I forgot after, Tim Meadows worked his way in there. Yeah. Um, I think after, if it was just the one episode, I'm going to stick with B minus. I'm going to stick with a B minus guess. Should have gone a little higher. I went B. You went B. Wow. I was forgiving. Yeah. (laughs) I think also like that. It it was a promising premiere, apparently. It was a fun episode. The first episode episode was good. Yeah. I think the problem was with that premise. It was like, it it kind of like, you know, got like, it lost momentum at a certain point. Yeah. Marry Me was an an NBC sitcom. Um, Now was it, oh man, this is testing my memory now. Was it based around the idea that he hadn't proposed yet or he just proposed i think like the idea was it started off with them being like in a very long-term relationship where they hadn't he had never proposed yeah. and she basically finally freaked out and called him on it yeah and i think he did in the pilot he and does was, he, was, i think at the end of the pilot he yeah, proposes yeah and there was like some catastrophes along the way but um but yeah it never really came together the way you needed um you needed it to like and, and after that pilot i believe they didn't seem to have a strong path as to where to go or where to take it but again this is straining my memory so i should probably stop critiquing it (laughs) i am drawing these from the year of our lord 2014 so uh that was it was a it was a a time full of promise uh different time yes uh so liz this next one uh i have omitted another detail from this headline so it's not make it very painfully obvious okay uh Blank can't escape Satan or blank comparisons. Um, I'm pretty sure that's uh, the Rosemary's Baby remake on NBC. That is exactly the Rosemary's oh, wow. Baby remake on NBC. Uh, starring? I believe that was Zoe Saldana. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. A detail that I that had slipped my memory in the past five years. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like a two-part miniseries. It was, I, I remember it because it was, again, one of the very first things I reviewed for IndieWire. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, so one, the, about as deep a cut as you can possibly get. Um, <laughs> That's the point of this game, Liz. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Liz, the question is, what did you give it? I think I was a bit of a bitch, and I gave it a C plus. Oh, you you are you are underestimating your bitchiness. I went C. You went full C. Like, oh wow, man. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Do, do, you, do you remember what about it like didn't grab you? Was it just kind of? It was, it was just, I think it was just kind of flat. Like, I think, honestly, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter was, like, I think it, it did the Shining thing where it was like, oh, no, we're going to go back to the book. We're trying to be more authentic to it. And it took, it was, because it was two parts, it was, like, a little more drawn out and they did more development and so forth. But, yeah, I think it just kind of, like, it just, it like, like the headline said, it just could not escape the memory of the original movie, which remains one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. 
on. It's interesting. Like uh, every once in a while when I'm, especially if I'm doing Emmys research and kind of like pouring back over TV movies and limited series, I'll stumble across something and I was like, they turned that into a TV show? Like that's, I had no idea they did this for television. And it seems, it always to me seems like such an outdated concept. Like the stuff that happens now is uh, like such a big deal that no one would ever forget about it. And, and Rosemary's Baby, if I had heard they were doing that now, even with Zoe Saldana for NBC, I'd be like, holy shit, that's crazy. I can't believe they're they're making that into a show. And obviously I was around when they did it before. And to me, it already feels like just this unbelievable thing that happened in the past that's far outdated and makes me feel like an old man, which is what I want to be anyway. So jackpot. Yeah. So, so we'll go find you some clouds to yell at later. Love it. Yeah. Win-win for everybody. Clouds are stupid. <laughs> Well, l- let's see if you thought this show was stupid. Uh, again, I've removed another key detail from this headline so as to not make it super obvious. Uh, I probably need it. Uh, blank review. Blank be damned. This <laughs> cop drama still works. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blank be damned. Blank be damned. This cop drama still works. Well, the fact that the word still is there seems to imply that it was an ongoing thing. Might have been a season two review. Drama. Uh, you are correct. I, I do not believe this was a a season one cop drama. Let me, let me let me double check this as we're looking. That was yeah. a cop drama. A cop drama. I remember mm-hmm. I reviewed Bosch, but that's not old enough. Yeah. Well, me- no, this was this was the premiere of this show. Oh, this was the premiere of the show. Never mind. So, so the still, I believe, uh, ab- applies to the premise uh, that maybe because they were adapting a pre-existing uh. property into a cop show. Format. I am oh. gonna go with Bosch. What? It's not Bosch. Damn Liz, it. what is it? Oh, Liz, um, what is it? I think it's. Uh, is it? No, this might be too late. Blank but I, is it based on a movie? Not exact. Th- there have been movies featuring this universe. Universe. And it is a show that is that actually just aired an episode last night. I hope it's Gotham. It is exactly Gotham. <laughs> yes. Sorry, did you say that earlier and I no, missed it? No, I didn't. No. Okay, no, it's I Gotham. Just, it's I was Gotham. thinking about that. Then I was like, would I call it a cop drama? And I was like, yeah, I might, just to emphasize, you know, what worked best about it. So uh, was it was it Batman Be Damned? Batman yeah. Be Damned. Yeah. This cop yeah. drama still works. I think I wrote better headlines back in the day. <laughs> We were we were a little we had we had a different spirit a different joie de vivre when mm-hmm. it came to headlines. We're in I would oh. say like can I get away with this headline? You were like yeah sure whatever. <laughs> Gotham's a good show. Yeah, I like Gotham. I even heard some complaints about I think season three. I disagree. It was solid. <laughs> Are you caught up on Gotham? Uh, no, I've fallen behind this year because mm. it's just. Whenever I, it, it usually slips away from me right when it starts because that's in the middle of pilot season and right. a bunch of other uh, premieres. And as soon as it slips away, I don't want to start from wherever I can, and it's not readily available other than requesting screeners, and then I just get lazy and whatever. But yeah. uh, it's still good. I like them. The real question is, Ben, what did you give it? Well, I mean, Ben McKenzie is just so good. Being being graded on the Ben McKenzie curve does <laughs> automatically add at least one degree of uh, degree of grading. Let's not underestimate Donald Logue or um, oh shit, guy who Jada? plays nope, guy who plays the penguin, a uh, Robin Lord Cook. Yep, nope, Robin Lord, is it Cook? Robin, well, Robin Lloyd Taylor. Yeah, I think it's Taylor. Yeah, uh, he was he he was quite striking early on. Uh, I, I'm eh, I'm gonna say B. I must say B. You are correct. Oh, hey! You did, in fact, give it a, a B. And it airs Monday night, at the time, aired Monday nights at 9 p.m. on Fox, but that is no longer the case. Everybody should watch Gotham. It's great. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, right. Liz, let's go to your next one. Okay. The existence of blank makes it a minor miracle and major fun. The very fact that this show existed... And I will say on broadcast TV. The existence of blank. The this exi- sounds. This sounds. This is a very me headline. The, the existence of blank makes it a minor miracle and major fun. And I, and I agree. The fact that this show existed is, is is. Oh, is it? Is it extant? No. Oh, okay. It's broadcast. Uh, extant was broadcast. Oh shit! You're right. It was broadcast. But you know, 
Yeah, uh, if you got it. No, it's an, um, an, another another miracle that this lasted more than one season. Yeah, no, it's the ABC musical thing. Oh, Gallivant! It is exactly Gallivant. Gallivant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Gallivant. Yeah, that got created up. created Ben by your dear close personal friend. <laughs> I don't know the answer to this. Oh, do you not know who created Galavant? I don't remember right um, now. The, Liz, would you like to tell him who created Galavant? Hey, Ben, uh, who wrote the music for La La Land? Is that that guy? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. no. Galavant was created by Dan Fogelman. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was thinking about the music. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Dan, my, well, I don't know, not Nemesis. You've, you've, you've come around on uh, This Is Us. I haven't come around on it. It's just, <laughs> it's... I've accepted that it exists. Uh, and, and Pasek and Paul, I may have contributed to it at some no, point. No, no, it was Alan Menken. Yes. Was, I, I, I can't believe I was blanking on that. That was that was definitely one of those where the music would stick with you. Oh, yeah. But it was still shocking that it got a, a season two pick up. They wrote a whole, there's a song in the season two premiere about, I can't believe we got a season two. <laughs> and was season two when they added John Stamos? Or was he uh, already there? No, I think Stamos made a cameo in the first season. Okay. Um, all I remember is that I believe that review, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, opens with my theory that there has been some sort of gas leak inside the ABC executive offices. <laughs> not only does it open with it, it closes with it. That's your kicker too. <laughs> Sounds right. The I re- mean, the real question though is, Liz, what I what, give it? What'd you give it? I probably a B plus. That's exactly what you gave it. <laughs> yep. yep. Galavant season one. Liz Shannon Miller gave it a B plus, Damn. which seems, having not seen an episode of that show, that seems almost exactly right. Hugh Davenport sings and dances. What else am I after? I, 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 I do not know. I do not know. Yeah. Oh, we've got an interesting bit of trivia, perhaps. What? Oh, oh she's tied. I was going to say that uh, Liz Shannon Miller has the highest Metacritic rating for that for oh. season one. <laughs> but there were uh, two other critics who agreed with her exactly. Oh, really? Yes. There you go. Were they any good? Oh, yeah, Danielle Nussbaum gave it exactly oh. what you did. Fine company to be in. Exactly. Excellent. All right, Ben, your turn. Oh, God. Uh, your last one. So let's see if you can make it count. Blank channels the Godfather and Homeland without ascending to their thrones. Oh, Ooh. this is um, Tyrant. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Nicely done. The FX long gestating series Tyrant. Surprisingly so, yeah. Would you have would you have got it if I had only said The Godfather? Mm. Perhaps. Maybe. Perhaps. We the Homeland's we, definitely a trigger. We will never know. One of the creators of Homeland, or one of the uh, producers of Homeland uh, was a creator yeah. or co-creator. It was like the original Tyrant. creator of Homeland, right? Yes. Gideon Raff, yeah. which, uh, who created the series of Homeland. Yeah. Based on. Right. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, and, and, Tyrant was not great. Um, but it, it had uh, it it had a lot of the kind of prestige backings to it that elevated expectations a bit. Yeah, um, never it, really lined up for me. Honestly, Tyrant reminds me a lot of Trust nowadays. I think Trust is a better show, but um, it definitely has a better Brendan Fraser. Uh, but but yeah, Tyrant was. We still got a. Yeah, hourglass. Yeah, a giant hourglass sitting on our shelf from from the Tyrant press kit. So, and and if, if correct me if I'm wrong, Tyrant was one of the first like air first shows in like the prestige TV era where we really had a sense of the behind the scenes drama that led to it before an episode even aired. I don't know if it was one of the first, but it is definitely part of that company. Yeah. <laughs> so, there was uh, yeah Tyrant. I, I largely steered clear of that in terms of. At the time, like when it was when I was getting ready to review it and watching it, I, I don't think that influenced me at all. But uh, you could tell that there was some uh, lack some of focus. tumult. Some yeah. tumult. Tumult is a great word yeah. for it. Tumult yeah. and tyrant. Yeah. And also, I feel like it, it does represent also that era of television where it, it was one of the first thing shows that felt it like you know it looks like a prestige television show, feels like it should be a prestige television show, but then you watch it, and you're like. It's not actually that good. Like, no. all, was, all the pieces are in place, but for whatever reason, maybe it's because they cast a white guy as a half uh, as a Middle Eastern guy. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, given all of those factors, Ben, what'd you give it? I don't think I was that hard on it. 
I don't know. I'll go C plus. You weren't even as hard on it as you thought. Oh, uh, man. You, you gave it a B minus. Yeah. That's yeah. what I suspected, but I was hoping I was wiser. <laughs> oh, well. Time has has hardened your heart. Really? You, yeah. you used to be you used to be such a carefree, <laughs> giving individual. I mean, the more TV you watch, the the harder you got to be on it out there, so that you can actually provide a valuable, uh, you know, steering wheel for your audience. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I did know a few people who really dug Tyrant, and um, like all the way through, or just like the first few seasons. Yeah, no, all the way through. I mean, it all, I think it lasted three seasons. It lasted three seasons. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not that much of a commitment, but. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it was it was an FX experiment, and FX is has made some grand experiments over the years, and many of them have paid off. So, yeah. not not the worst blemish to have on your record, Tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Liz, uh, right. my final one. Your final one, and I will admit that I did come up with this one before I remembered we were doing the headline thing. So, my apologies if 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 your view on this television show has somehow changed since then. Oh, oh boy. Yes. Uh, because it is blank disappoints history, blank comparisons, and Netflix's great reputation. Ooh. Oh shit! I know it. Wow. Face Hi- history. Blank disappoints history. Blank comparisons blank. and Netflix's great reputation. Hold on, I can think of the second blank. <laughs> yeah, what's this? What, think of the second blank, Ben. That'll be your guess, and then Liz, you can fill in the first one. So wait, there was a first. There was a first blank. Th- there's a se- there's a second blank, but but it's very obvious what the show was trying to capture. Oh. I think I've got. A, I think I have an idea of the second okay. blank. What's your, right. what's your, what's the second blank, Ben? I, I think the second blank. <sighs> if you know the first one, I think you know what the second one is. No, see, I don't know if it fits then because I feel like I might be forgetting something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna guess the second blank is Game of Thrones. It is, okay. and that means it's totally Marco Polo. It is. It's Marco Polo. <laughs> I was, I was like, I, that was going to be my guess. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, if it is Game of Thrones, yeah, that was, oh, Marco Polo. I got mad at that show. Yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> did you though? <laughs> How mad? Uh, another another show with someone who I didn't realize I didn't realize Benedict Wong was yeah. was in. Uh, Marco yeah, Polo. he's pretty good yeah. in it. That might literally be the worst thing Benedict Wong has ever done. Oh no! And you you've seen and you don't like Sunshine at all. That's true. Marco Polo is worse than Sunshine. You don't like Sunshine at all? I don't. Like not even like the first two thirds? Oh no! Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Yeah. By the way, I, I, there's a, that meme about how you shouldn't go to space with Matt Damon. That is true. But you should also not go to space if Benedict Wong is involved. Mm-hmm. Benedict yeah. Wong has a bad habit of ruining space for you <laughs> <laughs> by leading to your death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, if, if you shouldn't go to space with Benedict Wong, uh, what grade should you have given to Marco Polo season one? Okay. Here's the thing. I probably was feeling nice. I probably gave it a C plus. Oh, you you remember well. You remember well because you did in fact give it a C plus. Because I struggle with it. I struggle anytime I go below a B minus. I yeah. feel bad. It's it's. Where, where 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 do I land? No, you're not actually. You're not registered on uh, on, on Metacritic. But uh, there are some really negative reviews on here. Well, to be and you know what I think honestly, I don't know if my review mentions this, but it it feels a little unfair to think of Marco Polo as a Netflix show because what it really was and was a rejected stars show developed by the Weinstein Company that uh, basically Netflix kind of just, you know, inherited or, you know, quick picked up. So it wasn't like the official, like, it, it, it was like the first real bomb for me in terms of Netflix that wasn't Hemlock Grove. Uh, <laughs> the show I continually try to forget existed. Hemlock Grove. Yeah. I feel like there was the, there was a long period, maybe not that long, but uh, there was a good year or two where Netflix was producing enough really good shows that we just kept trying to forget that Hemlock Grove ever happened so yeah. we could just be like... All Netflix shows are great. Netflix shows. Netflix <coughs> just makes great shows or very good shows, mm-hmm. if not great shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, kind of tying in with this, uh, the, that show was released in the, the winter of 2014. Yes. Uh, I believe, if my memory is correct... Uh, that there is only one Netflix show currently still in production that debuted in 2014. House Guards? Orange. I don't think so. Orange is the New Black premiered the summer of 2014. Mm. Okay. Or, no, 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 sorry. It premiered the summer of 2013. 
Yeah, actually, I think you're right. House um, Cards was earlier. Yeah. Um, 14. So the show, it started production in 2014. Mm-hmm. That the, is, the, the, it, it debuted in 2014 it, that is still Grace currently airing new episodes. <laughs> no, it is not Grace and Frankie. <laughs> um, that is it's still so, airing new episodes. So um. Well, are we are we counting Arrested? Uh, no, no. Okay. Because 2013 was House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. 2014. What premiered in 2014? What did premiere in 2014? A little tiny slice of dark joy that came into our life that year. Oh, in the form, Uh, That was the next year. That was oh. 2015. Okay. Uh, it came in the form of an animated horse named Bojack oh. Horseman. Oh, yay. I'd forgotten that. Bojack's the only show Netflix show that premiered in 2014 that is still airing new episodes. Yeah. That's the last we need to speak about that. Ben doesn't want me to bring up things that I would normally bring up. So we won't. Um, Steve, this was so delightful. This is a delightful game. Um, we should definitely, we were talking maybe about doing this as like maybe a segment down the line. Like anytime we feel like an episode's too short, <laughs> that will never happen. Um, or uh, or like that. But yeah, this is delightful. Thank you so much for bringing it to us. Of course. Whenever you need to walk down memory lane, there's plenty more where that came from. Oh, believe it. I believe oh, it. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Um, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. And uh, to thank you, Steve, we're going to let you kick this off. What was the best thing you watched last week? The best thing I watched uh, this last week was the third episode of the Netflix unscripted series Fastest Car. Yeah. Which is just an unbelievable delight for anybody who is a fan of, of racing, of cars, and even if you don't really know anything about them. Uh, this is a, a series that follows <clears throat> people who are racing on a quarter mile uh, street racing strip, basically. Uh, Each episode follows four different cars. Three of them are called sleepers. So they're cars like a a Chevy pickup, or uh, I think even one of them is like a Honda Odyssey. (laughs) Just cars that you would not expect to actually be racing uh, that have been swapped out with souped up engines and anything else that would help them go fast. And they are compete, competing against luxury supercars. So mm-hmm. your Lamborghinis, your uh, your Ferraris, your Ford GTs. And the best part about the show is that it is a, a, a technically it is like a reality competition show, but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel anything like it. It feels like a documentary about these people from all different walks of life who have put so much time into making these cars something special. And the third episode in particular has some really compelling, um, really just emotionally powerful storylines that don't need any of the extra gloss that a reality show usually needs to put on there. So I recommend it highly, and it's 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 a show that I really enjoyed watching. And I still have not watched the actual finale, uh, but I it's, it's something that I'm saving for a special occasion. I love it. Great recommendation. Yeah. No, I watched the first episode of Fastest Car the other day, and it made me happy. Like, it's a, it's a, it's, I feel like there's a part of me that wishes, because all the characters are so good. Yeah. It's so classily done as a show that it's almost like too, it's one of those shows where I feel like it's it's so classy that might limit its audience to a degree. Like, I feel like if, if you did have like a conventional host and you did have less of a documentary style format, like I think people would get real I think it would like become like crack. If it looked more like a TLC show. Exactly. Or something. But I really respect the fact that they didn't go that path. So you know, I think there might be a middle ground to find there, but you know, yeah, it's a really cool show. And there it's it like I am not a car person at all. Um so, it, it, but it really does play well. You can tell my description of a souped-up engine that, yeah, I'm definitely a car person. <laughs> I bought it, Steve. I, you did. That's as much of a car person as I am because when you said it, I was like, oh, he, Steve knows a lot about cars. Yeah. We but, learn. but the nice thing is, yeah, yeah, you do learn stuff. You do learn stuff. And, like, I think, like, you know, there's elements of it that are really interesting. So, yeah, cool, good pick, Steve. Uh, ben, uh, what's the best thing you saw last week? Um my the best thing I saw last week, I was off for a little bit, so, and that's probably a needless qualifier. But the best thing I saw last week was Westworld season two, and we'll talk more about this in the future. And Westworld season two is was a slight disappointment in its first five episodes to me, if only because I remember season one perhaps more fondly than others. Um, 
uh, even after a rewatch, I have a, there's a lot to admire there for as, uh, as slowly as they rolled out and as early as some people predicted the twists. The twists are still effective. Like the, that's one of the things that works really well about the first season. It's that they're, uh, even if you know they're coming, there's a, a delicious kind of anticipation and watching them unveil themselves. But uh, season two is definitely a little too controlled for my liking, especially when it promises uh, kind of you know chaos and it's inhabiting a new version of the world in which things are a lot messier and you know. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's actually a direct line that says, you know, the inmates are running the asylum. And it's like, okay, well, that, that doesn't actually describe the tone of, of what you watch. So uh, we'll talk a lot more about it as the season comes out. There's still a ton to admire. Uh, I would argue this is uh, Ed Harris's season um, to lose, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, which is great. Um, and, and Ed is always great. But, uh, yeah, Westworld season two is my pick for the best thing. Uh, even though it was a little disappointing at the onset. So, Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week? Well, I've been meaning to shout out this show for a little while just because I feel like it's something I kind of approached hesitantly and I've started letting it become a bit of my, a, a, a part of my routine. I am starting to really enjoy the Joel McHale show yeah, with Joel McHale. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is 100% just Joel McHale being like, I like doing the soup. Let's just do the soup again. Um, but there's elements of it I find genuinely fascinating, like the fact that Netflix has turned it into a stealth promotional vehicle for all of its uh, programming. Um, ne- nary an episode lacks a, uh, a cameo appearance by uh, somebody who has a Netflix show, or a Netflix original of coming up on the horizon. It's a brilliant idea. I, yeah, I, I don't know why it didn't happen sooner. Yeah, no, it's like it's it's like their solution to a talk show, like like similar to like how ABC, like, hey, is it Jimmy Kimmel Live Time? Great, here's the cast of Scandal. In Netflix's world, that's the John McHale show. But there's a lot of creativity happening. I think they're they're starting to do they're starting to build up their own little world, their own little mythology. They're starting to build up all these like character. They're starting to do character work. They're start they 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 bring in Paul Feig every week. A Feig Feig Feig. Feig. I always do that wrong. Uh, they bring in Paul Feig every week to play, uh, to do like a quick weird cameo. It's, it's, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, and I've, I've started to look forward to every episode, to every, every new episode. So, you know, good times. Now, as someone who hasn't seen every episode, have they made any Mankini references yet? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, okay. Um, I remember that being a very beloved soup character. That, uh, that, was... that may, I mean, they, they probably will never be able to, like, there, there's one piece man. That, that may be what, that may be their solution. That, that's probably, <laughs> um, okay, now you've inspired me to go back and watch yeah. a bunch of these. One, one piece man has appeared at least a couple of episodes. Okay, that's, then that's probably, that's, that's probably, probably a the same to guy. It. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You've sold me. Yes, I never watched the soup uh, very much at all, but uh, I'm glad, I'm glad to know that they're finding stealth ways to incorporate these elements. Love it. Uh, Steve, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? The next thing I am looking forward to this week is the same thing I'll be looking forward to the next four or five weeks after that, because. Yeah. It is the best show on TV. It is AMC's The Terror. I love this show so much, and I wish I just had my own podcast where I could talk about it for hours and hours every single week. Uh, In lieu of that, I will try to write about it every week as much as I can. Uh, This week I wrote about how they uh, designed and executed the two ships where most of the show takes place. Uh, So a little plug there for that story, which... I enjoy, and there's more to come. Yeah. Uh, the people involved in putting the show together, talking with them, it's so clear how much attention they paid to each little detail of the show, whether it's the big things like the ships or or like the setting or just little tiny uh, things that populate the, the captain's quarters. Uh, it's safe to say that from here on out, there's something that's going to happen every week that that will that if you're watching the show week to week, there you'll have something to talk about uh, come Tuesday morning. So uh, I I look forward to seeing audiences discover those twists and turns, and and especially the the big episodes that are coming up. Uh, there are ten episodes in total. I believe four have aired. Every one of them is a delight in their own special way, and I hope as many people watch it as they as possible, so that there's plenty of people who want to talk about it. Because I will talk about it for the rest of this year <laughs> and for the rest of my life to come. I love this show so much. Terror, love it. Uh, 
Terra's great. <laughs> I need to watch it. Yeah. Eh. It's on a boat. God. Actually, a lot <laughs> of it isn't on a boat, Liz. That's true. Okay, that's good. A lot of it's off a boat. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, less boat, the better. Yeah. I but did like the boat stuff on Outlander, though. Good God. There's good boat stuff. Good God. What? Nothing. So so the terror is is now, so Outlander is now the second best show featuring Tobias Menzies on a boat? Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> what? That's just not true. What? That is just objectively false. You can't, I, I, you're saying that the boat stuff on Outlander wasn't good? No, I'm saying that the terror is better than Outlander. <laughs> I'm not fighting that. I'm not fighting. I haven't seen the terror. I'm not fighting that. I'm just. Well, if you could tolerate Tobias Menzies on a boat in Outlander, then you should be able to tolerate an episode of him on he's wearing, no, he's, he's wearing a, a, a bit more clothing than i imagine he was on outlander though well, no he wasn't he, tobias wasn't on the boat at all it was them oh, okay. it was it was sam hugan and katrina balfe uh, katrina balfe fucking like crazy on the boat there's, there's definitely less fucking on the boat <laughs> less? Less. Less. less 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 there's still less so yeah, yeah. I, Wait. I th- that that episode is aired yes yes i think we can say less and wait. Yeah, but, just just watch the show. Just watch yeah, the show. Liz. Watch, just watch show, Liz. the show. Watch the show. It's one of the best shows of the year. Indeed. Uh, I don't know if it's one of the best shows of the year, but Ben, what are you looking forward to watching this week? I hope it's going to be one of the best shows of the year. It's been one of my favorite shows of past years, and that is the latest season of Archer. Uh, hey. Uh, I can say that it is. Yes. All right. I know. Uh, have, from, you, have you watched any of it? No. Okay. I'm, I've, I, <laughs> shout out to the wonderful FX rep, Christy, who's been very patient and tolerant with me and <laughs> in in her excitement for the show. Uh, and then my excitement to watch it. She's seen it. She was very amped for me to see it. And we've been exchanging emails. Uh, I still have not made the time because there's just too much television. Um, but I'm so, so, so jacked up to watch Archer. I love the idea that they're doing another season that's kind of just having fun and, and spinning off into uh, taking these existing characters, putting them in new roles in a new world and, and building that out. Uh, it, it, I cannot for the life of me remember exactly what the inspiration, what South Pacific or something. Um, but uh, it, it's it's Danger Island. It's set in this in this weird jungle habitat where Archer is a pilot now, and and Lana's like a princess, and and Doctor Krieger is a parrot. I think it's like <laughs> quasi. It, my 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 feeling is it's inspired by like 1930s serials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's kind of an amalgamation of some things. Uh, I'll 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 tell you a story off mic uh, about something that went yeah. into the creation of this. But it, it's it's uh, it, it's. Sorry, that seemed super. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it, it's it's having seen the pilot or the the, the first episode of the season twice now. It's wonderful. That's fun. It's wonderful, and and it, and it only gets better the more you watch it. Like like in past seasons. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've I've always enjoyed it. I'm eager to get back into the existing storyline, but they keep coming up with these new ways to kind of. Put that off, which are also extremely enticing. So it's hard for me to be mad. Adam, we get bored, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to, yes, to watch this. So, Liz, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Well, I technically wrote down uh, Westworld, but we already talked about Westworld. Westworld. I'm very, and I'm still, I am very excited to dig into that. But y'all, I got six episodes of The Handmaid's Tale waiting for me this weekend. <sighs> Um, and I got this is going to show up on Monday quite chipper. <laughs> I'm going to be in a great mood. Um, well, and as you as you listen to this, my review should be live. I don't know what it's going to be yet, though. I haven't. I've watched some of these six episodes, um, and I reserve my opinion still because I'm still kind of sussing it out. Um, and I'm glad we have six episodes, and I'm glad we're going to deal with it. Don't You're giving me a very skeptical look right now, Benjamin. No, I'm not. You're not supposed to say your opinion. That's the whole point of an embargo. Yeah, but this is a, I'm allowed to say it to you guys right now in this room, and then in the future when the embargo bro- ends, which is the morning this gets goes live, it's fine. Mm, yeah. Okay. What time? Uh, so, I think they, they, said, they asked for it not to go live before 6 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I know, my, I know, I know what I'm doing. We often forget, Elizabeth. You and I have often pushed the boundaries. Well, not often. Have occasionally pushed the boundaries Once or of twice. embargoes. <laughs> Once or twice. Um, I held off. I, I did good on Lost in Space. I really won. I you did. did. 
I, I, I was gonna, I was really jazzed for that. Um, <laughs> uh, that'll be another conversation. Um, no. <laughs> you're not going to talk about it? Hopefully no more than I have to. Yeah, we'll see after the video goes live. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like Handmaid's Tale is going, it, this is going to be an ambitious season, no matter what. Like, they are going to try some things, they are taking some chances, and I'm all for it. I'm all here for it. Um, I love the original source material. I love the first season and I have faith, but also I'm going into it ready to be ready to have mixed, a mixed reaction. That does remind me, did the, did season one of The Handmaid's Tale end roughly where the novel ended or, or was there more in the novel that there's looking to explore? I'm going to preface this with saying there's a, this is a spoiler. Okay. To some degree, not, not for the season, not for season two at all. Yeah. And especially cause like they've been very open about this. Yeah. The basic fact, and this is actually more of a spoiler for the book. The basic fact is the end point of season one, like the actual scene you see, mm-hmm. matches with the last scene you see of June in the book. And, okay. or, and not even really June. Her name isn't really officially June in the book. Her name is officially Offred. Um, the book then goes on. And the book goes on to what is called the appendices or the historical notes. Got it. And it is a... This is actually it's, it. This is a big, long bunch of che- bunch of texts, and it's meant to be a transcript from a historical society that is looking back at the events of the Gilead period as at this time, using the Handmaid's Tale, quote unquote, which is a first person historical record, as um, as a reference point. Love and it. so it's like a thirty page, not thirty. It's more like ten to fifteen in the book, and then. It's been added upon uh, for the audiobook, uh, for an exclusive audiobook that Audible released last year by Margaret Atwood herself. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that gets covered in that material. But when you talk to Bruce Miller, the showrunner of The Handmaid's Tale, about it, he's like, I've got 200 years of history from the book that I can dig into here. Um, and we're probably not going to go 200 years into the future on The Handmaid's Tale, but there's still a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of material that the book sets up and also the general sort of like well we never got to examine where this character came from we never got to examine what happened to them after they left June's eyesight um, so we can the, the world can expand in a lot of different directions both forward in time and also you know globally yeah. there are places that the book it's established that the show will be going in season two that we never saw in the book but uh, yeah. The only reason I bring that up is because it's kind of unprecedented for uh, a show based on a novel to finish roughly where, for season one to finish roughly where the novel finished and then have a completely different departure for season two. Yeah, I mean, that's never happened before never ever happened in, before. The hist- in the history of television. No. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that, how that happens. Let's just talk about what we're really excited for, guys. What we're really excited for is how these shows are received and how that reception translates to the 2018 Emmy race. Am I right? Oh my God, we've got Handmaid's Tale going week to week against Westworld, two previous nominees last year, and then still got Game of Thrones, the previous champion, sneaking in the back door. This is going to be a hell of a race. Best drama is fucking intense, and I am pumped to see how this goes down. Early reviews for Westworld have been positive. Not overwhelmingly positive, but positive. Handmaid's Tale needs to match. We're going to find out on Monday. Oh boy. Also, Ben, I can't believe you just, you completely missed what we were just setting up. You didn't take the bait. Didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, Ben, maybe you want to look to the wall to your... I know you were talking about the leftovers, you guys. I always know when you're talking about the leftovers. (laughs) I know when you're thinking about talking about the leftovers. Surprisingly, the leftovers came up. (laughs) Surprisingly, the leftovers came up. Yes, I get to use it. Will The Handmaid's Tale be as good as season two of The Leftovers? No. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll drown you in a bucket. (laughs) All right. Um, Again, Steve, thanks for joining us this week. Season Um, one more depressing than season one of The Leftovers. Possibly. I would say season one of The Handmaid's Tale is more depressing than season one of The Leftovers. Yeah, and they're not shooting dogs. Yeah, but how much much female circumcision happens in The Leftovers? Is that depressing? (laughs) Oh, my God. Liz, cut that out. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> he has to live what he just with what he just did. <laughs> um, 
Wait, I, so so <laughs> I get to say goodbye after that. Great, great. Thanks, thanks, yeah, Ben. Didn't even shout it out to our other podcast. They're you definitely know, gonna I take, was gonna say when I first. They're gonna take to... our recommendations now. <laughs> get, get out while you still can for and everyone, go to these for, other podcasts. For anyone still listening, that's yeah, that's better. That's um, probably better for but me. yeah, but first go to indiewire.com where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, and all the shows we discussed and more. And only some of which are written by me. <laughs> Thank only God. Some of which. Uh, and make sure to listen to all the podcasts that absolutely do not feature Ben Travers whatsoever, uh, including the Turn It On podcast, which uh, has Mike Schneider talking to all the important showrunners and TV creatives in the biz uh, right now, this week. And then, of course, the podcast started all with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, Screen Talk. Uh, they're digging into can territory right now, I believe, which is always a fun discussion. And then, I mean, really just the anti-Ben is Chris O'Fault and his Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. And, uh, I mean, if you just want nothing but lovely, kind, considerate, intelligent, and not just, you know, picking the easy fruit of a joke, uh, make sure you listen to Chris O'Fault's Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. Every week, it's the best. Um, you can find... And before we depart, uh, because Steve was such a kind and wonderful sport in setting up this game, oh, I feel it's only right that he gets to play one round himself. Oh! oh I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. Okay. And Steve, if you, I mean, I'm sure everyone is aware, but Steve is not only a, a critic of television, but in the past and in the present, he has reviewed film as well. And this is a film review. Okay. From 2014. Wow. And there's a lot of hints in this headline. Goodness. So I think I think you might be able to figure it out. Sure. But then we'll we'll have the grade, obviously. So um, Sundance review. Sure. Yeah. Midnight horror blank adds depth to familiar genre trappings to chilling effect. Uh, would this be the Jennifer Kent film The Babadook? You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Noted gay icon, the Babadook. Don't see the Babadook, <laughs> you guys. Don't watch it. It's too scary. It's too <laughs> scary. Oh, uh, uh, a perfect way to end it. Yeah. That uh, was wonderful. And Stephen, what did you give it? I believe I gave it a B plus. You nailed it. Stephen, for the record, has an impeccable memory. So I think that if anyone was going to, like, ace the shit out of this game, <laughs> it would be you, Mr. Green. You are... Uh, a great sport. Yes. Well, thank you for giving me a taste of my own medicine. And you can find Steve on Twitter at Steve Bruin. Indeed. And Go you Bruins. can find Ben at on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E. Correct. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, keep watching television. 